about you guys, but there's a spirit of worship in here today. I am, I am overjoyed. I am so overjoyed today to see everybody worshiping, everybody let loose. Since yesterday, I've been feeling the spirit of worship. And um, I don't want the kids to leave yet. I need you for a minute. Since last night, um, I had music blasted really loud. And I, for those that haven't sounded like heard my home theater, it's loud. And my daughter kept coming saying, Dad, my ears. I said, no, you put on the beats when you listen to your music. Let me worship. Right? Um, I was in a worship moment. And, right? And she was in the other side of the house. But it was, it was already getting started, right? And then we went out. We went to see a movie. We came back. I still wasn't finished. It was still in me. So we had a conversation with Daquan, and we were talking. It's 11 o'clock, 1130. We're talking about songs that we want to do leading up to Easter, and we're still talking. Come midnight, I'm like, Daquan, go get your piano. <laughs> at midnight, go get your piano. He's looking at me with his hoodie, and he's like, Daquan, go get your piano. Go get your piano. He went downstairs. He got the piano. He brought it up. He put it down, and we were up to like 2, 3 in the morning. But it's that desire to worship, yes. that need to be grateful, yes. that need to say, Lord, I don't care how tired I am. I don't care if I slept only three hours. I'm grateful that I'm alive. Yes. I'm grateful that I have strength, that I have air, that I, have, that I can breathe. Yes. And if you listen to the songs, I was over there on the computer, and the, so the first song was Echo. Mm -hmm. What are you echoing in your life? Are you echoing negativity? Are you echoing hate? Are you echoing um, just, I'm tired? Are you echoing, I don't have energy? Yep. Are you echoing, I wish I had more? Or are you echoing gratitude? Come on. That was the second song. Are you echoing gratitude? On, what are you grateful for? Jesus. Are you echoing the great things in your life or the things that you don't have? Yes. Are you Jesus. echoing that breath of life? Are you echoing that that sense of I belong I am healed I am alive I am well but how do you express that gratitude you use names which was the third song what names are you declaring do you even know the names of God the names of God carry power who is he to you and do you use it El Shaddai the Lord God Almighty God the most high Adonai, my Lord, my master. Yes, I will bow to my master and only one master, and that is God. Not to man, Jesus. to God. Jesus. Yahweh, my Lord Jehovah, my banner, my shepherd, my healer. God, what name are you using? Jesus. And in order to speak those names, you have to speak it. That was the third song. Do you speak Jesus? Yes, yes, yes. What, is, what is it that's in your vocabulary? <laughs> What is in your vocabulary? What are you declaring over your life? So before I send the kids downstairs, I want to ask the kids a question. Do you love God? Yes? Why? Maya, raise her hand. Because he gave you your family. Okay, give me one answer. Give me one answer. That way we give everybody a chance. Who's next? Noah. 
Why do you love God? Because he's a, he's a holy father. Okay, Caleb. You want me to come back to you so you could think? What? He gave you friends. Very good answer. Liana, why do you love God? Gave you life. That's right. Annalise, you ran away. Give, give me an answer. Because you're not dead yet. <laughs> so, I like the answers, and you're all correct. You're all correct. But there's a story that I heard about a pastor that asked the same question to his kids, you know, the kids from the church. And they got a, diff a bunch of different answers. But there was one that stuck out to the pastor. One child said, I love God. You ready? Ooh, let's go around the let's go around the, for the adults before I get to that. All right. Why do you love God? Okay. Good. Who else? Because he died for us. Why do you love God? Because he loved you first? Anybody else want to share why you love God? No, I got to tell you the story first. Anyone else? He's with you every day. Okay. So the child's response was because my family taught me to love God. That was the child's response. That means there was parents that were being intentional or grandparents or aunties or uncles that were saying, I'm going to show you how to love God. I'm going to teach you about God. Sit with me and let's read together. Sit with me and let's pray together. And that was the most important answer that, that the kid could have given. Because while salvation is individual, we as adults have a responsibility to pour into our children that love of God. As uncles, as aunts, it is our responsibility. As friends, it's our responsibility to share with your fellow friend. This is God. Let me teach you about God. Let me talk to you about God. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to know all the theology in the world to share the love of Jesus. You have to be grateful for what you have in your life, whether it's little or it's much. And be able to share it, and that is how you share the love of God. Because he loved me first, because he gave me life, because of all the answers that you gave. You can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep it. Your gratitude is supposed to express Gratitude is an outward expression. Gratitude is something that you can't keep to yourself. Just like that worship that I, I had to blast in and I had to sing because I was in my moment. That was a grateful moment of me, like 
personal. And I had to share it with, with the house, not just myself. And that's why it was loud. I like music loud. That's why I put a second speaker behind Isabel over there. She's probably rattling. But because I wanted to have, I wanted to fill the room with gratitude. Fill the room with, with worship. Because that should be our foundation. Kids, you may be dismissed. Thank you for your wonderful answers. You have something else? Whoa. Awesome. Hmm? Yes? He helps us through it all. Good job, Noah. So while the kids get ready to go downstairs, I... I needed to share that because sometimes we lose sight of what is going on in our life. And we, we minimize what God is doing. So the kids are getting ready to go downstairs. Um, I want to thank those that are watching online. Before we get into it fully, I do want to take a quick moment. Um and say uh, a quick hello to everybody that is online. That way the kids have time to get settled. But um, I want to say God bless you, Elizabeth. We're praying for you. I know she's been uh, battling with her health for quite some time, but we trust and believe in the name of Jesus that um, he is working on your behalf. Um, so we pray for you. Uh, Alexi texted me earlier. Um, he was not able to be here today. But he is, uh, he's also not feeling too well. So we, we want to just extend our prayers to him and the family as well. Whew, man, it's tough to get out of that mode and get resettled. Because when God just shakes you up, it's, it's amazing. But I love the answers that everybody was giving, especially the children. But going along with what we were saying, going along with what we were saying, um, the story about that child, it is our responsibility as parents, as friends, as uncles, to invest in our children, to take time and sit with them and pray with them. To have that moment at the table, we still do it with our girls at their age. We sit down and we, we have Bible talks on Mondays. Um, we just do what we can to, to pour into them. When they grow up, they're going to make their own decisions. But we have to pour in and plant that seed of who God is. And if we as adults are not grateful and don't live a grateful life, what example are we giving to our children? When they are in trouble, they're going to remember mom and dad would pray. They're going to remember that when there was trials, mom and dad were on their knees. They're going to remember that when my spirit is down, dad would um, blast the music. Let me try that, see if I could shake up my atmosphere. But we have to set that example. The answers were amazing. It's our job as a church family to pour into each other. 
to pour into the lives of the people that, are, that we're surrounded by. For the past um, four weeks, we have been meeting at 10 o'clock um, to discuss this book called I Am a Church Member by Dr. Thom Rainer. And today I decided not to do it at 10 o'clock in the morning. I said, let, let me do it together with the service because the message that I was receiving with the Lord was the same as the class. And I said, okay, Lord, I see what you're doing. So today I wanna to talk to you about chapter five of this amazing book. It's a very small book. I personally have it in audio. I'm still shaking. Woo, thank you, Lord. It's only six chapters. Six capítulos. But this little book will change your life. I have it in Spanish, I have it in English. We bought for everybody, but we have them. So, I'm gonna read to you really quick the chapters so you understand where this is leading to, chapter five. I am a church member, right? Chapter one was I will be a functioning church member. Chapter two, I will be a unifying church member. Chapter three, I will not let my church be about my preferences and desires. Not my preferences and desires. Chapter four is I will play, pray for my church leaders. And ch today is I will lead my family to be a healthy church member. Chapter six, I will treasure my church membership as a gift. So today with chapter five, I specifically asked the questions about the kids because their answers will tell you a lot about what the parents are doing. They're gonna imitate us. Whether they realize it or not, they are going to imitate. I easily imitated the things that my father did at a young age. Because I was not taught the love of God. I was not taught how to be a functioning believer, a functioning member. I did not know God, so I did the things my father did at a young age. By 12 years old, I was already messed up. By 12 years old, I was already drinking, smoking. 12 years old, because I didn't have, I had a good example with my grandmother, but she couldn't watch me 24 seven. I had some good uncles that helped raise me, but they couldn't watch me 24 seven. But the importance of having a father and a mother in your life that are there and in, in, in empowering you and leading you and teaching you about God makes a difference, my people. It makes a difference, and I'd hate to say it, but statistics are correct. I'm a math person. They are real. You have less chance of success without a father in the home or without a mother in the home, or you have both, but they're dysfunctioning. So the purpose is to have a functioning member of the body of Christ. So we have to, unfortunately, look at ourselves and use this book and an, as an analysis to say, am I really being a body member functioning to the fullest? 
today, this morning, uh, Miriam made a joke. I think it was Miriam that, that said, oh, all three of you are messed up with your leg. Right? Talk about Ralphie, <laughs> talk about Alex, talking about me. Right? And I was like, thank you, Lord. Gracias, Miriam, because she helped me with a little, she's right. We're not fully functioning members, or we have parts of our body that aren't fully functioning the way they should. Because something is wrong. Something is either out of place, something is not functioning right, and it affects our overall health. This morning, with the weather the way it is, I thought it was going to be 70 and sunny. I said, after church, I want to go golfing. No, it's raining on my day off. I wanted to test out my leg to see if I could actually do it. It's raining, and I woke up in pain. Why? Because there's a part of my body that isn't functioning right. Not yet. And when Alex asked me, how you feeling? I said, I'm being stubborn. I'm not doing my therapy. I'm not exercising the way I should. But that's my physical body. Right? But what about my spiritual body? My spiritual being. Am I doing the physical therapy that I'm supposed to be doing? Worship. Prayer. Reading. Loving. That will make a difference in your life. We have expectations, right, as leaders. We have expectations as family members. We have expectations as fathers and mothers. But we have to lead the way. I can't expect for people to show up for church if I don't want to come to church myself. I can't expect for somebody to stay awake during service if I don't prepare myself and I'm here yawning and I'm here like, oh, I'm stretching. I can't, ex I can't expect you to worship if I don't worship myself. So we have to have expectations of our children, but we have to start ourselves. We have to show them. We have an expectation of a pastor. He better bring a good message. If not, I'm, I'm not coming next week. He better give me the meat and potatoes and a creme brulee dessert, because that's what I like. That's, that's my meal. Give me some steak, potato sides, some asparagus, and a little creme brulee for dessert. Right? And I have a good meal after church on Sunday. Let's go. But then what, what do I do the rest of the week? Am I going to eat cotton candy and Doritos? No. But we do that spiritually. We come for two hours, we want to sing, we want to pray, but then the rest of the week we're eating cotton candy and Doritos. Have you picked up your Bible? Have you sang a song? Have you prayed? We need all that to be a good functioning body member of the church. My, my leg's not going to work if I don't exercise it. My spirit ain't going to be lifted if I don't pray. If I don't sing. We have to be intentional and stop looking around about the flaws of the pastor, the flaws of the church, the flaws of the song, maybe the, the thing skipped or, or the audio doesn't sound good or you got a little feedback or whatever it is and say, you know what, I don't care. This is still my church and I love it. Yeah. Or anybody else, my brother let me down, my sister let me down, my, didn't text me back, didn't call me back. No, love them anyways. You make the difference. Don't expect somebody else to be the difference maker. You. 
I'm going to love you anyways. I know you, you're imperfect. So am I. Who am I to judge you? So what? I got mad at you. You're still my family member. Do you cut family off completely? Yeah, and, and if you think about it, we frustrate God, I'm sure, right? When he tries to warn you, tells you, gives you a whole wonderful book, a blueprint of how to live, and we decide to do things our way. No, God, I got this. Let me do it my way, right? And I'm sure he gets frustrated, but he loves us anyways. We're going to have family members that are going to frustrate us. We have to love them anyways. We're going to have fellow brothers and sisters within the body of Christ that are going to frustrate us. Love them anyways. Love them. Church and the church of God is, is intended to be for imperfect people. For people that are flawed. For people that have problems. In the beginning of the church, who was it? The disciples. You want to go character by character to see how flawed they were? Read them. I want to do a whole series on the characters of the disciples, of who they were, so that you don't feel bad about yourself when you think you're not doing good enough. When you realize he used that as a foundation to build the church, to spread this gospel. Imperfect people, people that would have never been good enough according to the standards of the religious people. But yet God chose them. And we want to look down on ourselves because we're not there yet or we're, we haven't achieved yet or I'm not perfect yet or I feel like a hypocrite because yesterday I did this. and this. No, God wants the imperfect people in his house to help perfect them every day. So we can't get mad at each well we can get mad at each other but we can't stay mad at each other like you said you can't stay there it's okay to get upset you are going to get frustrated with your fellow brothers and sisters but you have to love them anyways 
We have to work as a team if we want to see things grow. A farmer relies on many tools to make sure that his crops grow. We just watched the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago, and thank God the Cowboys weren't in it, right? But I remember, I said like Rafi was wearing his Cowboys jacket last week. See, God gave us good weather so he doesn't have to wear his jacket today. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I was gonna wear my ring too. I'm like, Ralphie, you're from New York. How you like the Cowboys? But many years ago, there was a team that was undefeated, which were the Patriots, and a team that was mediocre, the Giants, went up to their house and defeated the Patriots. It was a similar to like a story of David and Goliath. Yeah, you should preach that message. You could do it. But it took different personalities. It took teamwork. It took people coming together and saying, I know we're the underdogs. I know nobody believes in us. I know they're undefeated. I know they have the God of football, Tom Brady. Right? That's what they call him. He's like the Jesus of football. Undefeated, finally he retired. Now everybody else has a chance. Maybe even the Cowboys. I don't know. But, right, that's what they call him. They call him one of the best. The Michael Jordan of football. Let's put it that way. Tom Brady. And we went to his house and defeated him because they worked as a team. They believed in each other. Everybody played their position. Everybody practiced. Everybody gave it their all. And they worked their best when they were together. And this is what this book is about being unified, functioning, biblical bodies of the church. Everybody plays a position. Everybody has um, their own part. Everybody has an important role. Everybody steps up. That's it. You can't do it all. And when you win, you win together. When you lose, you lose together. When you go through trials, you cry together. But there is no victory when there's a team and the t this, this body, this church that we are, it's a team. And this is the way that God intended it to be, to be a body of people working together. And I want to take you to the scriptures after this super long introduction. <laughs> Ephesians 5. One of my favorite, favorite chapters. We mold this after... Marriages, we, we, like, for those that don't know, we work a lot with marriages, not even in home church. There's people outside of home church that come to us, and we, we're mentoring. And we, we use the book of Ephesians for a lot of this. And scripture tells us how we should live as husbands and wives. And Ephesians 5 Chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 20, was it 21 or 22? Do I reach over there? Did I reach? Look at my, my new toy. Well, an old toy. Oh, snap. It's working. Yeah, I forgot I had this in the drawer. And I'm like, ooh, wait a minute. But I got you. Ephesians 5, it says, wives, 
submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Some people might not like this, but it's the Bible. It's not me. Wives, Lewis is like, yeah. <laughs> Carlos, Kayla's not here, so you can say it. <laughs> She's not here. Say, yeah. Ready? Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. So if you love the Lord, you better submit to your husband. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. This is not me. Don't get mad at me. But men, it's not over. You had your glorious moment. You ready? Husbands. Lewis is like, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Right? That he gave himself up for her. Comma, you know I love a good comma. That he might sanctify having cleansed her by washing of the water with the word. With the word. Not your words. With the word. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. That she might be holy and without blemish, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hates his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of one body or his body. Therefore... A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let one of you or let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Man. So much to unpack. Now, the passage reminds us that we are supposed to, as husbands, sacrifice ourselves for our wives. We're supposed to love them unconditionally. We're supposed to sanctify them by the word of God to see them without spots, without blemish, without wrinkles, without imperfections. So with your words, you hurt your wife. But with the word of God, you build her up. 
That's why we have to be very careful when we speak to our, our spouses. Husbands especially, we have um, a very loose tongue. We're very quick to talk. We're very quick to say something, a lot of us, right? To express ourselves and just say, ah, it's no big deal. But we don't realize how bad that hurts a woman. The little things, think about it. Would you speak that way to your daughter? Let's say you have a five-year-old daughter. Are you going to speak to her the way that you're speaking to your wife? Would you want a man to come speak to your daughter when she gets older, to speak to your daughter the way you talk to your wife? I don't know about you guys. Somebody talks back to my daughter. I'm like, mm-mm. I, that's why I thank God I have a good son-in-law. Because that nonsense of sticks and stones, that's not true. It does hurt. And you know what, Isabel? I'm glad you say that because especially when it comes from somebody that you love. Especially when it comes from your spouse that's supposed to sacrifice for you. When they say something. Yeah, because your neighbor can say it, your coworker can say it. It's no big deal. Ah, whatever. They're just, you shake it off. But when your spouse says it to you, that's like, oh, my God. That hurts. And that scars. So I want you to consider three things on how to make sure that we as, as believers, as individual members of the body, we grow to be a fully functioning church. One, we have to pray together as a family. We have to worship together as a family is number two. And then number three, you have to fall deeply in love with the bride of Christ that is the church. Remember it. And it scars. Now, this is why, like Isabel saying, instead of saying words that potentially can hurt people, you should use positive words that uplift. Pray before speaking. You know how many times I have to hit delete, delete, delete? I've said that before. When I'm, when I'm about to write a text message, delete, delete, delete. Or I'm about to send an email, delete, 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 because I have to let the Lord guide my thumbs or my keyboard or, and just to make sure that I don't come outside of the character of who he wants me to be. Because if I go in my character, I'm going to mess it up. So I have to put my character off and say, no, 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 that's not me. I need to put on that God character, who he wants me to be, who he's molding me to be. And as I continue to do that, it's going to become easier and easier for me to not overreact, to me not, for me not to come out with a negative attitude or to be 
uh, disruptive or whatever word you want to use because I'm letting little by little God to mold me and change me into the person he needs me to be. Now, there are several areas where us as members, as believers, we need to focus on. Like I said, the first one is to pray together as a family. So what do we pray for? We need to specifically pray for spiritual pr protection. That has to be one of your first things. Because there's so many things in the atmosphere that sometimes we open and give access to that we don't realize it. And there's a spiritual going on, spiritual battle going on that you don't see. The weapons are, of our warfare are not carnal. They're spiritual for bringing down strongholds. So in other words, your atmosphere is constantly in a battle. Your spiritual atmosphere is constantly being tugged in different, direction, in different directions, trying to pull you away from God. And you don't see it sometimes, so you have to pray for spiritual protection. You have to pray for moral failure. In other words, for you to not make the mistakes that you know are simple. And we fall into the simple mistakes. Oh, I shouldn't have watched that. Oh, I shouldn't have listened to that. That's a moral thing. Oh, I shouldn't have said this to this person. You have to pray for the messages on Sunday. I'm not the only one that should be praying. You guys should be praying that God keeps guiding and directing not only me as, as the one that's delivering the word, but also, God, give me a word. I want to get up there and share too because I've told you guys, this is not my house. Well, this is my house, but you know what I mean, right? Home church is yours because God gave it to us. So, yeah, maybe one day Lewis is going to be brave enough and say, you know what, I want to preach about David and Goliath. Can I do it? Of course. Come on. Let's go, brother. Do it. Let's look at your notes. What you got? We got to do it. What if Isabel says one day, hey, I got something. What do you think? Come on. Because this is not about me. Trust me. I want a day off. I want to sit down next to Carlos and, and be like, yeah, go ahead. Yes. And I want to worship and I want to sing with you and I want to cheer you on when you're delivering the word. And I want you to say something so good that I want to take my shoe off and throw it at you. <laughs> Go ahead, preach it. Yeah. Because you can. But we need to pray for that. Pray for discernment. Pray for encouragement. Pray for physical strength. Pray for wisdom. Pray for leadership. Pray for our children. Pray that we stay together. Pray that nobody leaves. We sometimes forget about that. We're so involved with other stuff, and you have to say, oh, I, I want to pray for this person that came to visit. I pray they come back. Include that in your weekly prayers, nightly prayers. Ask if you didn't get their name, call Jessica. Hey, Jessica, what was the name of the person that came to visit? Good. I don't even need their phone number. I just want to put them in my prayer list and say, God, thank you for John that came to visit us today. I pray that they were touched. I pray that you keep touching them, that they come back and visit, and they feel like they were at home. Pray. That will change lives, and it will unify us as a church, and it will impact your community when you pray. We have to pray together as a, as a body to cultivate love. 
if you don't pray for love, if you don't specifically say, Lord, help me love everybody around me, you're going to turn cold. You're going to be immune to stuff. You're not going to. I specifically say in my prayers, help me love them the way you love them. Because if I love them my way, I'm going to mess it up. Help me love them like you did. Family prayer. Might seem awkward at first, right? Might seem, seem weird when you sit at the table and you have a conversation and you say a prayer and you have a Bible talk. Just do it. It becomes a good habit. You have to create good habits in your home. Now, the second one. The second one is to worship together as a family. So you heard, uh, you heard that saying that says uh, uh, husbands and wives that exercise together. I forgot. There's some saying like that. And then, right, better life together. And then husbands and wives that, that pray together, stay together. Right? So there should be one for families that worship together. I don't have it yet, so help me think. But there should be one. Families that worship together. I don't know. Grill? Oh, grill. He's it sounds good, but it's raining. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it would have been great. Right? You know, burgers and, you know, a little coleslaw. Yeah. Hey. Maybe, yeah, it's because I didn't have breakfast. I only had coffee. Ooh, look at that. Look at that. As church members. We must encourage and lead our entire family to worship together. You have to be intentional. Put that music on. My kids tell me, Dad, I'm trying to play a game. Can you lower it? No, you can have your Xbox. Let me worship. You know? When, when one of my favorite singers, Spanish singers, you know, uh, worshipers, Alex Campos, came to Philly, who he's from Colombia, so he never comes around. Rare. I bought tickets, and I said, we're going as a family. I'm not going to go by myself. We're going. We went, and we worshiped. I was there crying. I was an amazing, amazing concert. But why I want to pull them in. Annalise used to go to sleep to that every single night. Liana probably got sick of it. Oh, Alex Campos again. But she knows every single song. She'll recognize it. <laughs> Jesus Adrian Romero, he's coming to New York. I don't have the date yet. I only saw the posting. He's come. I want to go. Because as family, we grew up on that. They grew up on that. Not, not me, but they grew up on that. So I want to imp impart that even more into them. If I could go spend money to go see Coldplay, which I love, by the way, I want to go see Jesus Arian Romero. As a family. I missed out on Maverick when they were in Philly because, I, because of work. I couldn't take off. But Maverick, I would have loved to go see them. That would have been amazing. But we have to keep empowering our family to worship together. Worship is essential. It goes hand in hand with prayer. We have to encourage our family to do it. One of the biggest difficulties that our kids have is being able to let loose in worship. They feel shy. They feel like they don't want to raise their hand. They feel like they don't want to sing out loud. Wait a minute. Is that kids or is that adults? Hmm, maybe I got it backwards. Or maybe it's both. Yes, it's both. I'm messing with you. 
Because even as adults, we don't want to raise our hands. Yeah, they have to see you do it. But I started messing with you because it's not about the kids. We, you want to see them do it? They won't need to see you do it so they can imitate you. Don't be shy. Nobody, we're only here. We're family. Raise your hands. Take off your shoes. Sing. Sing. Just make sure you got clean socks on. Come and worship. Come and worship. And who cares how you sing? Who cares if you said something wrong or said it backwards? Sing in your way. I don't care if you just say la, 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 and you don't know the lyrics, just do it. That's your worship. But they will see it. And when they get older, they're going to remember you doing it. They're going to remember when you would sit down and, 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 and pray and cry, and they will remember when you would go and pray for somebody, and all of a sudden they'll, they'll go and pray for somebody else. I've seen Maya do it. My girls used to get scared, and they used to be like this, and every time you know the spirit was really moving, they got used to it. Liana would cry because the spirit was moving so heavy she got scared she didn't understand it when she was little but she knows and you would see her with her precious moments eyes and she would be but she remembers because that's what we showed her ever since they were babies in the, in the car seat they would worship and they would have their hands and feet like this because that's all they know you have to understand that to them, what you show is going to be a reflection of who God is in your life. If you love God the way you say you do and the way you tell him you do, you have to reflect it. Let me give you an example. I can't look in the mirror and say, wow, look at me. I lost 40 pounds. I'm lying to myself. No, I didn't. Because my reflection doesn't say that. Right? Bless you. I ask the scale that sometimes. When the scale says I lost three pounds, I'm like, adonde? Right? But the scale says it. But the mirror is only going to give you an accurate reflection. The mirror is not going to lie to you. So are you reflecting Jesus? What you're reflecting is the truth. Is the truth that they're going to see. Are you showing a godly reflection? Or are you giving the opposite? They will see it and they, they're going to mold after that. We have to show our children that through tough times, we have to worship. We have to worship. You can't get into a corner. You can't get down about it. Yes, you're going to feel bad. You got to pray. You got to pray. It's, it's, it's going to set an example for your spouse and your children. Because sometimes it takes one of the spouses, one, either the husband or the wife, somebody has to start it and activate it. Through the tough times. Right? That's when you got to set on fire. But it's hard to get into that if you don't have an active life of worship and prayer. <clears throat> Disagreement? 
And that's where you're showing your son, yes, that is what we do. And on, on the flip side, Josh needs to realize, you know what, in a moment of disagreement, leaving is not the answer because my son is going to think it's okay to leave when there's a disagreement. I have to show him, no, I'm upset, I'm bothered, but you know what? Let me show him that I can pray too, just like mommy. Yeah, exactly. Not leaving. Yeah. Yeah. A space before you explode. Yeah. A hundred percent. But now imagine, imagine though, what, what is Caleb feeling that he feels daddy's not coming back? You know, so that's where you have to be like, hey, wait a minute, come. Yeah, and, and, and we've all gone through that stuff, you know, where we think, is this it? You know, even as spouses, is this going to be? Me and my wife had it several times where, hey, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And then it affects the children. Yeah. And look, and, and I, I have to say it, I know she's in the room, but Liana dealt with separation anxiety for many years. Not knowing if mom and dad were staying together, not knowing if one of us was coming back, and it's still things that she has to deal with, and she would stay crying if I just went away for the night or we went for something like she would cry. We rarely ever went anywhere because we didn't want to leave our kids anywhere. The only time I think like rare, like we rarely, rarely ever left our kids, and she had bad separation anxiety because of the things that was going on. And my wife and I never had blowups in the house. They can't say that mom and dad got into such bad arguments that they were cursing at each other, that this and that. No, we never had that. I've never cursed at my wife once, ever. She could be a witness to that. Never, not even during the baddest, worst time that we had. Never. I walked away, I was ready to leave. But I still didn't never raise my hand, never cursed, nothing. Because the moment that I disrespect her, Everything is downhill because there. I don't know if there's a turning back from that because, like you said, those scars will stay there. So I learned I can't curse at her because I know I would never want anybody to curse at my daughters or your mother or your sister. So I would never lay a hand to her. I would never mistreat her. I would always speak life into her. I was. I would always empower her. I will not make fun of her weight or her hair or her nails. I will never know. If there's something I don't like, I'll try to use kind words to say, oh, maybe you should get a different nail technician. I don't know, look at the little edge. But I'm not gonna say, oh, that's terrible. You know, being careful, being tactful, you know, seeing mentir, not lying, but you have to be wise. Yeah, right? What do you think? Right? And still, outfits, you know, with the outfits, with what they wear, with, with the hair, with everything, but you ha men have to be wise. Wives, the same thing. The words that you use towards your husband scar him. Oh, do you see what, do you see the, the card the neighbor got? Do you see the job the neighbor has? Or, you know, men get built up by you. You empowering them. You greeting them, welcoming home, 
making sure that they get that big piece of chicken. Look, I made this for you. You know, all, believe me, it could be the littlest thing. It could be the smallest thing, but to us it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We have to be an example. And you have to realize that at some point, your children are going to have children. How do you want your grandchildren to be raised? I want my daughter, I still talk to my daughter. I tell her, you need to go to church. Jesse, the one in North Carolina, I tell her, you got to go. Go to Elevation. You love, you love their worship. You love their words. Stephen, Pastor Stephen's great. You know, and, and it's great. Just keep going. Try. And I know she makes mistakes. I know she's not perfect. She wants to try. She wants to keep going. And she's in and out and in and out. But I want her to fall in love with God so my daughter, my granddaughter can fall in love with God. I don't want my granddaughter to go through the tough times that we went through. So we as parents have to encourage our kids so that they can encourage their kids to fall in love with God. And we can keep this going. We have to be an example. We have to be models in our relationship with our spouse, with our friends, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, with whoever we come in contact with. We have to be a godly example so that when our children see it, they see God in you. So the way I treat my neighbor Juan, who's an awesome person, right? the way I treat him, they're going to learn that when they grow up and they have their house, they're going to treat their neighbors the same way, hopefully. Listen, my dad was always helpful. My dad always say hello to everybody in the neighborhood. My dad always, and, and believe it or not, they may grow up and do the same thing. Cars pass by, I don't even know them. I'm like, you're in my neighborhood. I greet you. There's people that come and walk the dogs, and I'm like, hey, good morning. I don't know. I don't know, but you're in my neighborhood. Let me greet you. Yeah, people come and walk the dog all the time, and they go around. We, we greet each other now, everybody. It's a community. And what kind of community do you want? Do you want a community that doesn't care for each other or a community that is there for each other? Good morning. Yeah. And you don't realize what you're doing is you're blessing them with a good morning. That's why if you see any of my band posts, any of text messages or whatever, I always start with blessings. So first, I'm addressing you asking for blessings on behalf of God. Blessings. This is what blah, 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 blah. All my text messages, read it. All my band messages, read it. Blessings. That's my first dedication. I want to make sure you are blessed before I get to my point. Blessings, comma, then I get to the point. So a simple good morning. So we have to be an example to the children, to our families for worship. Three, the last one. We have to fall deeply in love with the bride of Christ, which is the church. As a church member, I don't want to just like my church. I don't want to like where I worship. I don't want to like what I do. I want to love it. I want to love it. I like my shoes. I like this shirt. I want to love my church. I'm not here just to serve. I want to love to serve. I don't want to just like the members that we have here. 
I want to love the members that we have here. I don't, want, I don't say I like my hands. Oh, I like my hands. I love my hand. Don't take it away. I need my hand. I need my leg. Don't take it away. I love it. I need it. And that's how we have to see each other. I don't want to like you. I want to love you. I want to feel that I can't have a good service without you. I want to I know, like, you're here. I want to know that you're okay. I want to know that you're worshiping together with me. I want to know that you're growing together with me. I want to fall in love with who we have. If you translate the word love, it means the word um, agape, which is selfless. That's what it says in the Bible, agape love. It's selfless, sacrificial, unconditional kind of love. And that's what a husband and wife are called to do. Agape, love each other, unconditional. So if, if God is demonstrating the love of a husband and wife and comparing it to the church, we need to agape love each other. Because he's using the context of marriage between family, a husband and wife. Using that as an example for the base of the church is this is who you're supposed to be. Then I need to love you the way I love my spouse. Unconditionally, without blemish. That's tough, right? You see your brothers and sisters, and you're like, mm, I love you unconditionally? I mean, wait, that's not my wife. Yeah, unconditionally. I'm going to love you anyway. So what if you messed up yesterday? I love you. And, and it was communicated that way. It's like when you walk into the daycare. If you go into the daycare, you see scriptures. You see things about God. You see, you know, it's labeled, it's called mustard seed. I mean, it's, so you walk in there as a parent, and you feel like it's a safe place for your child to be. Because it's, I get worried. I, I never left my kids with nobody. Rarely anybody. On a Saturday when I didn't have a babysitter, even though we had a lot of brothers and sisters, right, in church, I took my kids to work on a Saturday. And they would sit, four or five years old, in the conference room, and they would sit on the iPad, and they would play, and they would have headphones, and they would, Dad, can I have a snack? Right? As parents, we're very careful with our children. So to walk into a daycare when you see all these godly stuff, you're like, okay, this is a place where I can bring my child.
Yeah. Yeah. Don't go past this post. From post to post. Yeah, and that's how it was. Yep. Right? I do the same thing with the girls. Girls, only to the cul-de-sac. Yeah. Right? Remember that? Only to the cul-de-sac. And now I let them walk a little further, you know. What? If those lights come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She's about to get her driver's permit. Yeah, but but you see how that's passed along and passed along because that's the examples that you received, and I'm sure when you have your kids and they have their kids, and you're gonna be like, don't go, don't pass the post, <laughs> or the lights about to, hey, the lights are coming down. Where are you? you know, don't let the street light come on, because they they follow your footsteps. So what footsteps are they following? Are they learning to love the church because you love the church, or are you kind of wishy-washy? Fall in love with what God's doing. Forget about all the noise and the nonsense and this and that. No, fall in love to the point where you're like, I need this. I need this change in my life because my kids need it too. Set a revolution in your family. You, wanted, uh, you can't change a community if you can't change your home. Start with your home. Let it be infectious. Let your kids go to school and tell everybody how good church was set that fire inside of them, but they can't start it on their own. It has to start with you. Amen. And I'll close with this. Romans 5. Romans 5, 8, it says that God commanded his love toward us in that while we were all sinners, he, he being Christ, died for us. So if Christ died for us knowing very well that we were sinners and still took the cross for us. We have to do the same for our brothers and sisters. Don't judge them. Don't judge them. Love them. You're not going to win anybody with judgment. And that's what the religious folks from back in the day had a problem with. The religious folks thought they were better than everybody else and they looked down on society and it's not what God wanted. What God wanted was people to love. Yeah, the robes and the, and the cloaks and this. And, no, that's not what God wants. It's not about your Rolex. It's not about your car. It's not about what you're wearing. It's about your heart. So forget all the noise and love people the way God is asking us to love. And once you start doing that, you're going to see an incredible revolution and movement for God that people are just going to want it. They're going to want to be around you because you're giving God. That's the only way he functions, through love. Amen? Leon, if you're going downstairs, you can let her know that we're done. So <clears throat> for those that are watching uh, online, we just want to, we want to thank you. We want to do a prayer before we close. <clears throat> um, again, we pray for... Uh, Elizabeth, we pray for um, Alexi. 
Uh, thank you, Kayla. She was watching with us. Um, when I'm when I go back to check, I can't see everybody that was on, so I'm sorry if I missed you. But um, oh, I do have an exciting announcement. Um, so my daughter Liana is in CC Tech, right? She worked very hard to get to that school. She's a sophomore in that school. She she had straight A's all the time, pushed herself to do it. And I want to show you how important it is to set a good example. Her sister has been wanting it. I don't want to go to Vineland High, she said. I want to be in the good school with my sister. So Annalise has been pushing herself and pushing herself. And she said, I'm going to do the best I can. And, she, and not everybody gets accepted there. And she made it. She got accepted. She's going to be going to CC Tech. So it goes to show you that even the influence, her sister's influence on her to study, to do things right. I even tell them, I compare my sister, you know, my sister, she's always worked hard. She's always done great. She's in a way, way better place than I was at my age, right? And, and I always say, don't be like me, be like Titi. Titi was not messing around in high school. Titi was not messing around in college. Be like Titi. Don't be like dad. Dad messed up. You want to be like dad now? Be like dad now. But don't be how I was back then. Be like Titi. She focused. She did what she had to do. She had scholarships. Now she has a beautiful home worth two, three times this home. And she's like in magazines for like top women in accounting. And be like Titi. And she strives. She does good. Now her sister got in. You know, and, and it's the power of influence. One of my biggest mentors is John Maxwell, and he, he, he says that we need to be people that add value to other people. I don't want to just stand here and talk. I want to give value to your lives. That's what God came to do. He sent his son to come and add value into people that didn't deserve it by the standards of everybody else. And he poured into them, and he saw them the way God saw them. He added value to their lives. He helped them grow. He helped them lead, and they went on and do and and, and they went to do amazing things. In in three years, he turned their lives around. So, it's never too late. And while we were all sinners, Christ died for us. So let's uh, sacrifice for each other. Let's help lead each other out of any dark moments, pray, worship, and help each other fall in love even more each day. Uh, the kids are going to be coming up. I also want to say it's Maya's birthday. So for, the, for those that are here, we're going to stay a little longer and have some food, have some cake, uh, and enjoy. Um, I think that's it. Um, guys, God bless you. I'm going to say a prayer. <clears throat> if there's anybody that needs specific prayer, we're here to pray for you. Um, if there's anybody that's watching that hasn't accepted the Lord, we want to give you an opportunity to be part of a family that that is constantly growing, constantly loving, um, just constantly just after after the heart of God. Um, so if that's you, I'm going to say a, a prayer first for you, uh, and then I'll say a prayer for uh, us to close the service. So if that's you watching online and you want to accept the Lord, just say, Lord, I, I, I want to acknowledge you today as my Lord and Savior. I want to 
recognize that my way has not been the right way and I want to try a new life in you. I want to try uh, I want to try all this love thing that I keep hearing about you, that you see people unconditionally, that you see people with their imperfections and you love them anyway. Let me be one of those persons and help transform my life, Lord. Help me be a son. Help me be an heir. Help me be a good father, a good uncle, a good brother. Change my life, Lord. I surrender my heart to you today, and I declare that you're my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, we want to welcome you. Uh, for everybody else that's here, I'm going to pray for us to be dismissed. I want to thank you, Lord, for everybody that was here today, for the amazing worship that you helped us through today, Lord. I, I thank you for every single person that is here, every single person that is watching online right now or will watch later. I ask specifically that you bless every single one of the people that are here and that are watching. I pray that you uh, touch their families in a special way, that you start a revolution of prayer, of love, of, of just forgiveness, of giving, Lord, that we may learn to love each other unconditionally the way that you have commanded. Help us see each other without blemish, without wrinkles, without spots, without blame. Help us love one another. In Jesus' name, amen.